Welcome to another episode of Modern Day Wizards. I'm Callan, and I'm joined again by Joe Bandel, the last Rosicrucian. And today, we're going to talk about soul groups of a specific kind. Well, maybe, anyways, because there was a video he made early on in his YouTube career called, um, what was it, True Mystics, Atheists, and, oh, what was it? The last one was basically the Zealots is what you later ended up calling it. But you mentioned that there are other, you have kind of a new way of looking at this. So that's what I'm, I'm looking to understand now. So uh, welcome and uh, go ahead and dive in. Good morning, Colin. I, uh, I just gave my dog a bone, so she should be <laughs> not bothering me, not <laughs> nice. bothering me while we're talking. Um, yeah, we're talking about, if we go back to our first, our last uh, conversation, we were talking about the soul, kind of, mm-hmm. and so the soul being where you, a lot of people consider the soul to be maybe an astral body. Yep. Which we'd also kind of identified as being created out of a Nobel gas. Right. If, if you will, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there being seven possibilities. Mm-hmm. Okay, for for functionality purposes, or just to kind of clarify, uh, what's normally considered the soul would be, would probably be that astral body, if you will, in which a personality remains or an awareness remains, a sense of self remains, right? And it, was that one of the levels? At, at, that was uh, the, the top three levels, basically. Okay, so it builds up to it, and it's one of the last three, you mean, or is it one of the first three? It's the the highest three. Okay, okay. And, and that's that's talked about in the Egyptian Book of the Dead and the Tibetan Book of the Dead, where they talk about three gates that the soul can pass through, three possible gates that the soul can pass through upon the death of the physical body. Mm-hmm. Which happened to be, I'd call it the throat chakra, the third eye chakra, and the in the middle of the head chakra, mm-hmm, the crown. Well, they they call it. I kind of make a distinction between like the hydrogen, which is a unity mm-hmm. chakra, and the the mid brain, the reptile brain chakra, if you will, which okay. is in the middle of the head, which. I take with the the helium or the actual uh, spiritual concrete or archetypal body. Okay. And if if we think of like David Wilcock and we think of the law of one, the raw material, I, I don't know if you're familiar with a lot of that stuff, but that's the common jargon that people use. They're going to be talking about these soul bodies or these bodies as fourth density, fifth density, sixth density, right? Mm-hmm. Are you kind of orienting yourself to that? Yeah, I'm familiar with those guys, yeah. Okay, I came up with an interesting problem. And the problem is that a lot of the contacts with the higher intelligences, they come right out and say, hey, we were physical at one point. But and we had emotions and stuff like you do or whatever, but now we don't. 
and the ascension. We ascended, and we don't. We our awareness exists within energy bodies or non-physical bodies. Mm-hmm. That's you've kind of come across that before, right? Yep. Okay. So there, that is an example of taking uh, one of these higher bodies, and that's what they call the soul, right? Okay. Okay. What's interesting is when they talk about the, like the reptilians or the bad guys, if you will, mm-hmm. they're going to say that some of them exist in fourth density. which is above where they don't have physical bodies, but they still exist, and they maybe act like demons, or they act as they feed upon the fear and the anger of people. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't work. It doesn't work but because the energies of fear and anger are actually at the etheric level where ghosts exist, where a lot of paranormal phenomenon exists. Okay. So, but at the at the etheric level, it's purely kind of instinctive, like astral larvae and stuff like that, where it's just kind of feeding, if you will. Mm-hmm. So the lower levels or the reptilians or something like that, they have to have integrated all the lower levels. So the correct thing would be to say fourth density inclusive, which means that they have activated and integrated their etheric body, their their immortal physical body, their lower emotional body, and their upper emotional body. Mm -hmm. And if you think of the model of an atom, you'd think of how that whole outer levels, they're synchronized together. So you're basically saying they don't, it's being represented as if they're, they're coming from a certain level, but you're saying, well, you don't, you don't go to a certain level and then leave the other levels behind, right? These beings who say that they've left the emotional and all that type of stuff behind. Are you saying saying that? No, the higher levels, they do, they have. Okay. They don't have that lower connection. They have not integrated. Okay. But these other, this other alien group, if you will, the, what we call the reptilians, they have integrated the lower levels. And they may not have achieved, and they have not achieved the higher levels. So you're actually having two, two separate extraterrestrial or alien groups of souls, if you will, one of, wh- one of which has access to extremely high levels of spiritual development without any connection to the lower levels. They've lost the lower levels. Mm-hmm. And that particular group also has no ability to integrate the shadow aspect of their own selves. Okay. So are you, are you saying that the, the, these two other groups, you're talking about the, the reptile, reptile and then kind of the ultra-spiritual, um, you're not necessarily speaking to them in terms of some like alien beings who are non-physical, who are inter- interacting with us, but they, they are actually 
these are represented in physical human bodies. Is that right? They're represented in physical human bodies, but originally they were not. Okay. So we we're, we we got to get into the origins of what we're talking about before we can get into the ones that are in physical bodies. Mm-hmm. So we have a group, and I called this group earlier, I called it the rational atheists, but it, it turns out to be a little bit different than that. These are highly advanced and highly spiritual, but they don't, they've lost the, they don't have an earth connection. They, they've lost, they don't have an ability to integrate their own shadow aspect. And they're extremely hierarchical in nature well, so and that's, collective. That's, that's the rational atheists? Yeah. Well, originally. that's originally. That's yeah. The originally, yep. Okay. So you would consider them to actually be spiritual, but that the fact that At they the are here, you know, is kind of like they have a disconnect. We call it, we call it I, I guess it's called like the Galactic Federation or what a lot of people are saying or something like that. And they're the ones that actually came in with the teachings of the Kabbalah with the 22 letters of the alphabet. Okay. All right. Would you call that Jewish in origin or would you see that as different? Well, I would say the Jewish got it from them. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's, I think it's worth pointing out that a lot of Jewish people are actually atheists, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so now let's switch over to the reptilians, and the reptilians seem to have not that higher access, but they have an integrated lower levels. Okay. And, and not only integrated, but they've been able to integrate their shadow self. So you take a reptilian, and what they're, they are is very family-oriented in the sense that if you're part of the family, you're a friend. Every, everything else is an enemy. Yep, which also very very Jewish, right? Yep. So there, there's there's a, a mix there, but the real problem that came about was well, how do you tell these the bad people or whatever the 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 ones that are feeding off the energies of fear and anger and stuff like that to keep their astral body alive. How how do you tell how how do you call them fourth density or whatever when they're actually those energies of fear and stuff like that mm-hmm. exist at the bottom levels. But that's given the reptilians a bad rap. So for, on the reptilian thing, so mm-hmm. when there's kind of different ways that people think about that, about the reptilian thing. So first of all, there's the reptilian way of being in terms of not having a limbic part of the brain and not having a neocortex. And so that's one way, you know, there's like the earth lizards, right? And mm-hmm. it's kind of a, you know, just, you know, go out and eat whatever you can and stay warm and, and all this type of stuff. And then, I get the feeling you're using it differently, though, and you're basically saying, "Well, these are when I when you say reptilian, you're talking about beings from another place who had kind of reptilian bodies, but weren't necessarily limited in terms of brain structure." Right. They were. They were uh, again probably 
Well, high enough, you know, who, who knows? Higher than human, right? Would you higher, say higher, higher than, than human? Higher than human. Yeah. And they were able to exist as personalities or exist as souls, exist as awareness without their physical body. Okay. So is okay. there is there a term we can give that? Do you want to continue using the reptilian term with that group? Or do you feel like there's a... Because I think it is a little bit of a confusing term because it does mean lots of different things to different people. Like there's also the David Icke interpretation of reptilian. Well, and that's... That is the, one of the problems there because what I've come up with, I've had to say... A uh, fourth density inclusive. Okay. Because fourth density inclusive would mean the etheric and the, the lower emotions, and it would be an astral body or a soul that's actually activated and functioning without the need of a purely physical body. Mm-hmm. But it, that it integrates all those energies. And is this the same group which is the hive minded? No, these okay. are very these are, and these are very individualistic. Okay. And what I gather what happened is that reptilians, if you will, came to Earth about the age of the dinosaurs and began tinkering with the genetic DNA of, of the dinosaurs and actually created some kind of humanoids. Gotcha. Okay, which that's the David uh, Icke reptiles, right? So, which ta- which actually had their turn in Earth's history to ascend and mm-hmm. and escape out of physical bodies because, and I'm kind of hopping around. This is going to be really weird, but I don't know a better way of doing it. That's fine. I'm out because fun. when I started looking into this. I started looking at the, uh, like the pyramids. I saw some videos of, of how the pyramids are built and the stones are so smoothly cut that you couldn't get a blade, a razor blade between them. Oh, yeah. Highly advanced but, technology. Yeah. And I had to say that that was advanced technology. Like they were cut like a razor. When I actually saw those, I was saying that wasn't. But what that meant was it meant that there is a physicality to some of these aliens. Okay. So what, So the ones that came to Earth and messed with the dinosaurs and created humanoid lizards, were they outside? Had they transcended physical bodies at that point when they came originally? I think that they could have done both. Okay, so they had the option to exist in a body or outside. I, be- I believe that these reptilians, or whatever you want to call them, are the only extraterrestrials capable of physical manifestation. They're the only ones that can be manifest? Because I'm manifest. I mean, are you saying that the, I'm the, one of the, them? Of the extraterrestrial uh, soul. The, okay, I The see, races I see. or whatever. And what happened what what happened is that they came in at the time of the dinosaurs and then they developed and then they kind of left through their own ascension process is what I I kind of gathered. 
Well, so you mean that the original people, the original ones that came here and created the the reptilian bodies, they then left and left. Well, those 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 reptilians ascended to the point where they could exist without physical bodies. They were able to exist as fourth density inclusive. Okay. Bodies. Okay. And that kind of takes for a little while. That And then when the humans started evolving, these fourth density former dinosaur types, they came in and started getting an interest in the humans. And they started the they started the possession type of thing, which I'm going to, we'll, we'll have to come back to that. Cause so, I want so to. Well, do you mean by possession that they would take control of a body? Like, av- after like avatar. Yeah. Like okay. avatar or voodoo where they just ride the body. Okay. And, and so, well, and they, is that the only way that they would, that would they ever incarnate into a human body? After uh, after a while, yeah, okay, and and that's actually part of what I'm going to get into with the other group. Okay. The other group we're going to talk about uh, seems to be the you could say some say the Pleiadians, but I'm I'm generally going to say the Anunnaki or Ana, Anunnaki or however you call that. Yep. Because uh, you're familiar with that, but I'm going to say that that's that's the other group. They're actually hive-minded, and they're the ones that had the advanced technology, and they're the ones that came in. But they didn't have, and originally they d- didn't have physical bodies. Okay. And so they came in, and they had to connect with humans telepathically. Mm-hmm. So uh, this would be like the Babylon stuff and also where the Old Testament comes from. Like, I don't remember who it was. Someone was saying, um, who's that guy who came down to Abraham? There's basically this guy. Ah, what's his name? I can't remember his name. But anyways, there's there's basically a guy who came to Abraham and spoke as a representative of God, of what Abraham called God. And Mm -hmm. this, this being was basically sort of like a clone or an android, but or something like that. You know, it, it's basically like a tool, a way of communicating from the spiritual basic, being to yeah, the basic, physical. Basically, human. through some form of channeling or through some form of possession, something like that. Okay. And <clears throat> they had the advanced technology, but as they took over these physical bodies or became incarnate in these physical bodies, they actually were the ones that created the earthly technology from scratch. You mean like the... The pyramids. Right. So you're saying they didn't do any of that stuff before they started incarnating into human bodies. Right. And that that was what you call the Anunnaki or whatever whatever you call that. Why Uh, did they start incarnating into human bodies? And uh, this was not something uh, that I was thinking of getting into, but this is really the the core of it. If you have 
if you if your awareness exists in let's say a sixth density body which would which would we we call that a, a abstract mental body okay it's not immortal what's going to happen it does have to have its physical representation as we talked about before mhm which would be one of the nobel gases and some of the but over time it would deteriorate and degenerate into light. So it's like ringing, ringing a bell. If you don't keep hitting the bell, the bell's going to fade off into nothing. It's going to fade off into nothingness. Yes, exactly. And that's what a lot of these spiritual teachings, including Buddhism and a lot of that stuff was, we're all going to be absorbed back into source one day. Mm -hmm. Which means everything's going to fade away. Yeah. But I can tell you that I had a, my experience, my spiritual experience of crossing the great abyss back in 1990 and connecting with source and things like that was, it's not meant to be a permanent thing. Yeah. I remember you mentioned, you know, there's kind of like this process, you called it the mystic path as opposed to mm-hmm. the magical path. And, um, Basically, you said you basically are going back and you're you're feeling this joy and this bliss and this disinterest in what's going on. And you, I think your uncle or something said that you were of no use <laughs> anymore. Yeah. You know, you were so yeah. spiritual that you were no physical use. And but that you also mentioned that it was um, once you get to a certain point, it's like you can't fully merge back. You know, it's like you meant I think you described it as like pushing in on a balloon. Right. If you push in on a balloon right. and you keep the pressure there. You can kind of get close to the center of it, but you know, you're, it's always going to got this pressure of pushing you back. It's like the universe has this desire for you to, you know, develop to your individuate, soul. To individuate. Yeah. And that's the key because all of these, the higher up, the higher, the ones that are spiritually advanced or whatever, they couldn't get beyond that concept because they couldn't integrate their shadow aspect. And that's why they're all collectives. They're all hive-minded ones. Okay. And, and that's the belief. And they they somehow, they're missing the boat. They, they're as spiritual and as high as they can get there, but they're missing the boat. Where you got the reptilians, on the other hand, who are not very spiritually advanced at all, but they're they're integrated in in the sense of individuals. Okay. They have they have individuated. And what happens is individuation is a higher octave of complexity or a higher octave than that strictly hierarchical spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. So that even though they're not as high, not as you could say spiritually evolved, they're they're organically evolved, or their soul has achieved a level that's not the Borg anymore. So you have the Borg. Sounds like they have more of a foundation, you know, more stable. Maybe not as far up, but more stable. Or exactly that it's balanced more. Mm 
and it's balanced in the sense of I'm a good friend, I'm a good fam, I love family and this kind of stuff. And if you're a stranger, you're probably an enemy because they're very warlike. Okay. And okay, so that kind of sets the stage. Now, what I what I gather is I've been reading about these Anun Anunnaki or how. Do you know how to pronounce that? And uh, well, Anunnaki, yeah. Anunnaki. Okay, we'll use that. Uh, Enki is the one that was favorable to humans. Yep, Lord of Earth. That's what his name means. And what I believe happened was they discovered these humans. They were very primitive, but some of them had the like the souls of the reptilians in them. Okay, because the reptilians had been there since the they'd been digging into this stuff since the age of the dinosaurs. Yeah, millions of years, and, and so. One portion of humanity was they were they were inhabiting or they had incarnated into human bodies by that time. Mm-hmm. But they came from they came wherever from these, those reptilians grew. You also you know you also talk about a third group which is native to Earth, which we have the native to Earth. Yeah. Okay, and that gets kind of, and that's what's kind of what I'm. In a way, I'm still trying. I'm still trying to work that out because I can tell you right now, my own. I believe through my insights and personal experiences that I was one of these original souls, but I also had a dinosaur soul mm-hmm. because I had my dinosaur self that I had to deal with. And if you think about it, every every original soul, organic gnostic or whatever that started when Earth, when life on Earth started, they would have gone through the dinosaur stage just as well. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of a blend. But those reptilian souls, if you will, they were the, uh, they were extremely warlike, savage, and they, they were actually part of the what you call the proto- Indo-European culture. Okay. And they they live shaman-like existences. Okay. And this... And a lot of this came about like, okay, you have the Pontic Steppes, which is around the Baltic Sea, the north of the Baltic Sea. That's where a lot of, a lot of these higher-functioning hunter-gatherer primitive humans lived. Okay. Whereas the Anunnaki humans, or the they developed their own civilizations that became global, but the Enki group, which was favorite, which favored the humans, became very interested in the in those groups that were fourth density capable of fourth density inclusive mm-hmm. because that was missing they didn't in in their own makeup they didn't have that 
they didn't have the fourth density or they didn't have the other ones they didn't have the, the foundation right. they didn't have the foundation so they resonated they understood that level and it was sort of like a connection point it was yeah it was it was they said hey we can learn from each other mm-hmm. we can we can learn how to achieve the lower levels and we can teach them some of the higher spiritual levels okay so there was that's the basis of that uh working together if you will okay whereas the enli group i think that's the name i think i'm getting the en- name enlil right. enlil with en- an enlil? l at the end. Mm-hmm. enlil okay they were like no way you're you're mixing sacred blood with you're tainting it with this human stuff mm-hmm. we have to purify it all and they they you, were they, the guy they who brought were, the flood they were, they were trying to exterminate the human race yeah so you kind of i mean so that's where i'm kind of going with some of this stuff mm-hmm. so it sounds well, there's there so here's i'm going to give my summary of where we're at so basically the earth has its own soul in a sense and there's souls which are part of that group and they have developed since the beginning of earth and they went through all the different phases and these are less developed and went through a different series of steps than the other two groups and the first group came you know a long time ago and they started incarnating the human bodies and so they are they've had more time to kind of you know they're become clung, they're more Earth-like, you know, more, yeah, right. And then the Anunnaki, you know, came and more recently, you know, maybe 200,000 years ago or something like that. And mm-hmm. um, uh, they tend to be kind of more spiritual and are not so interested in, in the physical. But though, even within that group, there's kind of a split. And there's one that's like, well, maybe we have something to learn here. And the other one's like, no, man, we should just uh, burn it all to the ground, you know. Exactly. And though that more advanced, more technologically advanced group not only successfully started to incarnate in physical bodies and do genetic modifications, but they actually built advanced civil physical civilizations from scratch. Mm-hmm. However, they became divided between the pro-human stance and the not and the anti-human stance. Yep. And what they did was they had and this happened in a, this happened around 3000 BC. Okay. They destroyed each other. In a, so, so um, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. You, so I would put it twelve thousand eight hundred years ago. That seems to be when a pretty significant event came around. But basically, you know, several thousand years ago, uh, I think we both agree that there was an event which was probably caused by conscious beings, not just a natural event. Right. Three thousand BC is where archaeological Archaeology uh, identifies it around the Mediterranean basin. Okay, massive. There was something that happened that turned the Sahara Desert. The it, what is now the Sahara Desert 
5,000 years ago was tropical, lush vegetation. Yeah. Do you think it has anything to do with that? You know what the eye of the Sahara is, or I think that's the name yeah, of that. that that's there. all in that. That was all in that area, and that was all flooded, and it was all it was all destroyed. And something in a, just in a matter of a few hundred years turned all that tropical, lush vegetation into the Sahara Desert, which mm-hmm. stretches totally all the way across. Uh, northern Africa okay and they've only just begun to identify some of the things that have happened back then that's this is recent archaeological studies that they're 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 finding and there's they're finding there's so many there's so many things hidden under the sands of the Sahara that mm-hmm. they never dreamed of before but what we do know is that whatever happened was not a pole shift. It wasn't a polar shift because that would have showed up in the uh, in the archaeological digs. Yeah, and that's we, kind of the Michael Tesserion theory that basically we triggered a pole shift, which is what caused all the chaos. Right, but whatever happened, whatever happened happened about 3000 BC turned this turn it created the Sahara Desert and destroyed the Anunnaki civilization okay and it was basically a war it was a war between themselves mm-hmm. a war between these two factions and what happened was the devastation was so great that apparently they decided, uh, hey, let's call a truce and let's kind of merge our stuff together. And, and what happened was the Enki group, which had an interest in the lower etheric levels and the shamanistic beliefs, mm-hmm. they... they they developed beliefs that were more comprehensive than the Enlil group. Right. Now, if you take, and this is kind of getting into the Kabbalah, stuff like that, the Kabbalah with 22 letters of the alphabet. Okay. It it has no no symbolic representation for the element of earth, and it has no symbolic representation for the element of spirit or etheric. Okay. So that sacred wisdom that came down from that from those advanced ter- terrestrials did not include, for all practical purposes, did not include wisdom concerning the etheric and physical levels. Gotcha. It's not in their symbols. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a consequence, it wasn't part of their belief structure. So this so is the, the kind of spiritual, anti-physical. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That's where that's getting into it. Whereas you look at the other group, which tried to mingle with the shamanistic beliefs. 
they created what eventually they created a Kabbalah of 24 letters. Okay. And the two, what the, the two that were missing or that they added was one that had a symbolic representation of the ether or spirit and the other that had a symbolic representation of earth or the physical. Mm -hmm. And this group formed, well, what, what this, what's interesting about this group was that they believed in the underworld. They believed in uh, the Summerland. They believed in the existence of life at the etheric level, at the lowest, deepest level. Do you mean That's, in between lives, in between physical lives? Even and not in between, like ghosts and things like that. Oh, okay. Ghosts, that mm -hmm. element, spirit, these things that exist as an integrated spirits or integrated soul, inclusive, I guess you would you'd call them. In okay. other words, they believed in the other world, which mm -hmm. had 32 sensory awareness points, just like the physical world had 32 sensory awareness points. Okay. And... That merging of, of systems is what created the early Druid culture. Mm. And, and I was doing the research on the Proto-Indo-Europeans, and this is what's kind of came out of that research. So you're was, just, you mean like um, shamans and, and groups who are maybe communing with non-Earth souls or... Well, that the this whole concept of believing in an underworld, believing in well, what do you mean by because people underworld? I mean, some people think of the underworld as hell. Um, some people think of it as the place you go when your life is over, and it's not necessarily hell. You know, there's lots of ways. So, what do you mean by underworld? Where what exists at the etheric levels? So prior to but that's below, that's beneath what we think of as our physical world. Okay. And it could be, it could include some really bad stuff and it could include some really good stuff, depending on how inclusive and how, and your ability to integrate. And do you see this as different from the astral world? No, it's part of the astral world. Okay. It's, it's, it's a level it's of that, the astral world. It's, it's, well, it's levels. It's that inclusive ability. Mm -hmm. The ability to integrate the shadow aspect with the uh, the spiritual aspect. Mm -hmm. So basically, you're just saying like they. It, it, this is you're describing how they were incorporating these lower levels. The group that was kind of interested in the human souls, the soul group, and and learning from them was incorporating that, and you know they developed the druids and the shamans and stuff like that. Exactly. Okay. Because in researching about the Druids, what I found was the Druids were an interesting society that was created to support the, the nobility or the, the, the there was a, a, a social 
uh, a race, not a race. What, 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 what do you call that? A social level above the druids? Uh, there's uh, the no, the nobility. Basically, okay. is the nobility, the the sacred ones, the gods, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. There were some, and they could have been the ones that were these early reptilian type souls, or they could be these original earth souls that were learning from the the reptilian ones but what happens was they were the they were the ones that uh, were top of the line they were the they were not they were at first they were hunter gatherers on the on the pontic steps but and they they didn't mingle with anybody else. They they just uh, they were tribes, and they developed their own shaman style religion. But they were tough. They were living in the the harshest, meanest environmental circumstances, and they could beat as in terms of conquering they they could beat anybody and they're the ones that invented uh that that tamed the horses and, and invented the wheel for the chariot sounds like kind of like a spartan or a, a like a stoic type society they were, they, were, they were before the spartans and before the greeks yes they were the proto indo-europeans okay and they're the they're the seed of the entire European languages, mm. including the like into India and the Sanskrit and stuff like that. Okay. So they're the they were like they could beat up on anybody, but they didn't take slaves because they were nomads. They lived a nomad existence, right? So did they beat up on people? As a defensive measure, did they beat up on people also to take things? To take things, sure, both. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were, they were. I mean, like, oh, you got some cattle, and we're starving. We'd like to have those. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, basically, they couldn't be stopped. Okay. Okay. But they and they were in existence as a group at the destruction that happened when the Anunnaki were destroyed. In other words, the Anunnaki, they had to be aware of them because they had this global civilization going with the advanced technology. And uh, Mm. where they bumped into each other happened to be the Druids, the creation of the Druid society because the Druids were the creation of a society that was in support of the nobility. Okay. So if you can talk, you want to talk about that first group on the Pontic Steps, uh, I hate to use the word, but it's for basic principles. You could call it the Aryans. Okay. Okay. So I just want to, I want to set a goal here because we have about 15 Mm -hmm. minutes left and I would like to, at some point, talk about the current situation in terms of these groups. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I, what I can say is we're getting there. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
but it's a complex it's complex and it's bringing up issues that we never never were aware of before okay and and can certainly is opening up the door for further conversations mm-hmm. because if you take the druids and the levels within druidry you have the bards which are the lowest uh the ovates and then the druids and the bards in our own society the bards represent mass media they represent the entertainment industry gotcha the the healers the ovids the healers that represents the medical industry in our society okay both of those are pretty corrupt at the moment and the 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 druid aspect represents the spiritual and religious community okay and they're all in support and subordinate to the higher the elite class yeah the elite class and what happened was after the devastation in the mediterranean basin and after the Anunnaki civilization was dis- utterly destroyed, they said they met up. The survivor, the survivors of that civilization, are the ones that, in about 2000 BC, created like Stonehenge and some of these other circular monuments. But the, are they still in service after the cataclysm? To they the they were class? they were desperately trying to retain their civilization their knowledge they were desperately trying to retain their knowledge okay the reptilians they they were just shamanistic they believed in the sun and the moon cycles you know and mm-hmm. they did they didn't get and they believed in the underworld they they were pretty simple but these crude monuments stone monuments like stonehenge and the circular ones like that they were created by the remnants of the anunnaki who were trying to desperately hold on to what they had yeah and we kind of see their ability to create you know really impressive structures mm-hmm. like waning over time really exactly and they what they did was they created a well, one part of them, I guess, created a truce. The Enki group created a truce with the reptilian well, and the original human group. Which, yeah, yeah, we've kind of merged those two groups in a way. We kind of merged those because at this point, they, all they were were you, and I hate to use the word the Aryans or whatever, but they were they were mean, they were bad, and they didn't take any prisoners and they didn't take any slaves. Mm-hmm. Because they they were completely nomads, but what happened was as they conquered, all of a sudden they they ran into the uh, these remnants of these survivors that had these advanced technologies and were able to do this cool stuff, and they did a trade. They said, "If we'll protect you if you serve us." Or if you pay tribute to us. Okay. And, and that's where the elites came in. So the elites were actually, the elites were actually the, the reptilian oriented type groups that were at the lower level, but they were tougher and they were integrated. They were able to integrate their shadow. 
Okay. I th- so I thought when you're saying the elites, then you're talking about the Enki group. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And they actually were the ones that created in Alexander. They created the great library. They created the modern mystery schools, which were Egypt. They combined the Egyptian, the Neoplatonic, and the Hermetic mysteries. Okay. Which all were oriented around the 24 letters. And the original Futhark runes had 24 letters, which later developed into the 24 letters of the Greek. Okay, so basically the, you know, the foundation of our uh, society, philosophy and stuff like that kind of comes out of the merging of, you know, post-cataclysm or post-destructive you know destructive war comes out of the merging, the truce of these two groups. Exactly, and, and ultimately out of the Greeks. Earlier out of the Druids and the Rune system. But so where's the, the, where's the, the uh, Enlil group, you know, in all of this, right? Are they they're also lot, part of this truce? No. Okay. They're, they're trying trying to remain their, retain their elite status and dominate the entire world, dominate humanity or eradicate. They're the ones that treat humans as beasts. Okay. okay. And they're the ones that kept the Kabbalah as a sacred teaching as the 22 letters. Okay. And that kind of kind of brings it into a focus a little bit and they're they're so mixed in today's world that a lot of people don't believe if they think of the Kabbalah they don't understand that there's the hermetic Kabbalah, which actually is based upon 24 letters, and there's the other one, which is only based on 22, and that they are incompatible with each other. So what's the? So I basically have always stayed away from the Kabbalah. Um, I've kind of always had a bad feeling about it, and also, you know, I have some friends who tell me that that feeling is warranted, but they're referring to whatever most people think the Kabbalah is now. Is that the 22? Yes, okay. the 22. Okay. The OTO, Crowley's OTO, is based on 22, the 22. Mm-hmm. And the, the Golden Dawn was based on the 22. So is However, there anyone that uses the 24 currently? Uh, the Orem Solis, which was influential in uh, the, Ovate, the Order of Ovates, Bards, and Druids. Okay. So that, and they're the ones that, Ogatic, Ogdoatic tradition is what that is, which is based on 8 and 24 rather than based on the 22. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, the Neoplatonic, Hermetic, and Egyptian mysteries. The Rosicrucian order, which I belong to, would fit into that category because they were, and even in the Masons, you have a split between the York Masons, which would fall into the uh, Hermetic or the Neoplatonic, and mm-hmm. you would have the Scot the Scottish Rite Masons, which are more into the domination and control. And, and the difference uh, is basically one is kind of ultra spiritually focused and not interested in the physical and lower aspects of the soul, and they they reject it. And anyone who is kind of in that, they see as less than what they are, and therefore 
um, you know, cattle, you know, is you have perfect, you have permission, you, you know, it's within your right to make them your own, your cattle. Right. Yep. Okay. What are some examples of like in, in the real world right now? I mean, there's very clear that humanity is being treated as cattle, you know, and, you know, when it's time to reduce the to cull the herd for whatever reason, there's some people in the world who are making a decision to do that. Um, and would you say that those people are the ones that we're talking about here, the the ultra spiritual? I'd say that it's it's such a mess of worms, a can of worms that there's people who are on either side believing they're in the right, even though if they knew more about what their side represented, mm-hmm. would they they would recoil in horror. I think what it, it, uh, it amounts to is organic versus inorganic. By organic, do you mean the physical? The, the belief in life and life, the sacredness of all life, like okay. the druids or whatever, the, the, that the trees are sacred, that the animals are sacred, uh, that the plants are sacred. So what is a group right now that would re- represent, like, the World Economic Forum? Like, where would they fit? The World Economic Forum, anything that's not a let me put let me put it another way and say the opposite of what I described with the nature orientation mm-hmm. is anybody that are is exclusively uh, absorbed with humanity to the exclusion to the exclusion of everything else. So they're not interested in what plant life and animal life and right greed. Okay. They're in in greed and money and all of this type of stuff. Uh, in the the pharmaceutical industry, making money, not care about the true health of people that way. So mm-hmm. you can't. The dividing stick is really whether you care about the souls of other creatures. Okay, so you'd say so, that even within the World Economic Forum, it's not, it's not either or because I mean they're right. At yep. least stated their goals are you know pro Earth and pro taking care mm-hmm. of animals and stuff like that. And so you're and you're going to find so you're going to find good people on both sides of of any issue because mm-hmm. because the issue doesn't divide itself the way that people want to divide itself. Okay. Uh, it's and it really it really focuses around the ability to integrate your shadow aspect in a healthy way as opposed to an unhealthy way, or just so, turning your turn your back on it, not not because, trying to integrate it. Because if you want to talk about who the bad guys are, mm-hmm. some of the real bad guys are are the reptilians who deliberately turn their back on spiritual values mm. even though they have that 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 ability in other words they're they're hooking up with demons if you will because if you think of demons you're thinking of entities that have conscious awareness and intelligence or integrated like 
fourth at least fourth density inclusive, but for bad purposes. Okay. So you have bad guys among those groups, and you have bad guys among the Anunnaki groups or the Pleiadian groups, and you have good guys among the, those groups. Uh, it's, what it does is it comes down to an individual basis. Okay. And, and on top of everybody, everything is the old original earth souls who have had the opportunities to learn from both of these groups and integrate as much as possible. So the organic Gnostics are the cream of the crop right now. And Gaia's ascension, if you will, is the ascension of the organic Gnostic group who has, are coming into their own for the very first time. Yeah, I think, I think you mentioned this, this group is basically, they're almost like the most underdeveloped in a way, yet they have the most potential and there's some uniqueness to them. Um, which actually the other two more advanced in quotes, uh, groups recognize and therefore will use these, these beings. To, yes. You know, mm-hmm. you know, like mystical abilities, right? You know, like the ability to manifest. Right. Absolutely. And, and that, so hopefully that kind of is a kind of a glimmer. I know we're running out of time, but. Yeah. Well, I'll like, say, I'll say that it's, uh, it's there's I think we covered a lot and uh, there's a little bit of ambiguity still in my mind about what what was meant by a few things. But I think I'm just going to listen to it again. I'll, I'll have that clear and then we'll be able to uh, continue from here. Right, what do because, you think? What do you think would be the next place to go from this point? I think that if you sit down and you think about what we covered today and there's a lot of areas that are fuzzy because I wasn't able to get to them right or, or treat them right, uh, that the questions that you have from today is a good place to start. Oh, that sounds good. Sounds awesome. Because yeah. that's pretty rad. What I've shared today is pretty radically different than what I've shared in my videos earlier. I'm sure you'll agree. And a yeah. lot of that. Well, is, you know, I wouldn't say it's really that different. I mean, I can fit it pretty easily back into the, your original first video. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, it's more developed, right? And as you develop something, it gets more complex and it can start to seem like it's different than the original. Right. And most of this came out of re- research and study that I did this year, okay. this past, this past year. So I'm still trying to juggle it in my head as yep. well. Yeah. And it's important that people understand that, you know, we're, no one at any point, you know, has come to the complete truth about anything, you know, but, you know, you especially, you've spent many, many years of your life looking into this stuff. And so really what we're doing is just giving the best representation of the truth as we can. And the, the two things that came out most, most important in this past year was that around 3000 B.C., Something turned the Sahara, turn, created the Sahara Desert. Mm-hmm. And it was massive and it was probably a war by, yeah. by, by extraterrestrials. So and you the, 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 the other, other thing was the role that the Proto Indo Europeans had on the entire culture of the European and 
uh, East Western Asia. Because mm-hmm. we, we never really knew. Those are two things that have just recently come out within science discoveries. Okay. Uh, that change they're they're world changing. They 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 change everything. Interesting. All right. Well, so I, I assume you've been writing about this. I know you have a platform. What is it? Um. Ah, oh, what is it? Pagan something. Pagan. Yeah. Paganspace.net. Okay, so I'll link people yeah. to that. Basically, it's an it's a they have they'll have to sign up for an account, but it's it's free. And I assume that you've been writing about this over the last year. Yeah, I did. Uh, trying to, trying to put it down before I forget it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, just, just real quick. So you talk about Gaia's Ascension and I don't think we should dive into this at this point, but uh, you know, maybe in a future video, but are you familiar with, um, John Lamb Lash? No, I'm not. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know if you're ever interested in, he's basically calls himself a Gnostic and he's, he's, you know, he's kind of an expert on myths of the world and all this type of stuff. And, he talks about something similar to the the Gaia Ascension type stuff. So, anyways, if you if you have time, it might be worth looking into him. You could send me a link. Okay, sounds good. Uh, I'd check it out. Sure. All right. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Joe, and I look forward to next time. Okay, me too. All right. Take care. Yeah. Bye. 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 Thanks for watching. If you'd like to see more content like this, head on over to moderndaywizards.org. And if you're wondering, how can you be a wizard? Well, all you got to do is seek truth and share it.